0: This is the first in our series of uh, six meditation classes for Yoga Mendocino. And um, I'd like to say a couple of things before we go into any particular details about meditation practice um, in particular, Uh, first of which is that uh, obviously we're we're Buddhists and uh, this is Buddhist meditation techniques that we're talking about. But uh, the idea of these meditation classes and the principle of, of meditation practice, certainly within the Buddhist fold anyway, is that it's uh, not uh, intended to be something that's just solely useful or pertinent to, to people of the Buddhist faith. But it's, uh, these are simple tools and techniques that uh, we as human beings uh, can use to help make our lives be more peaceful, to help us understand ourselves and others a little better, too, uh, and to live more harmoniously with the world around us. So hopefully that anything that is said during these series of classes is um, useful to to everybody. Um, there's no uh, assumption that um, uh, in anything that I say that um, it's directed towards trying to convince people that Buddhism is right, wanting to make, uh, make you all into Buddhists or to um, it causes you to waver in your faith, maybe in Christian, in uh, Christianity or in Judaism or whatever it might be. Um, so that really our intent here with these classes is simply to put out some uh, methods, techniques, um, uh, principles that uh, one can apply within the sphere of one's life, whether you're a, um, a humanist, a, a, a Christian, a communist, a Buddhist, um, or whatever. It makes absolutely... No difference, um, uh, really, uh, certainly from our side. Uh, what anyone's faith is, these are simply just a, uh, a set of, uh, of methods, principles that we can use. That uh, that is possible for us to employ and make our life better. So, if anything I say um, does come across in that way of of say assuming that Buddhism is better than everybody else, or that you know, we are right and you're wrong, we've got all the answers then do uh, stop me and let me know because it's not the intention. And certainly uh, I, I don't uh, believe that to be the case. And uh, I want to make uh, as sure as possible that um, these classes are uh, accessible and uh, welcoming for, uh, for everybody. Um, the second thing to say maybe is uh, that people might have all sorts of ideas about what med- what meditation is. and uh, there can be a huge variety of different experiences and influences that we have that uh, that suggest you know, meditations about um, seeing into past lives, people reading people's minds, um, making the, the mind go off into some sort of blissful realm um, and um, inhabit some kind of wonderful uh, etheric Country, uh, while we take a break from our busy lives, um, all kinds of things of that nature—that it's going to give us sort of healing powers, or that it's um, going to enable us to to fly, or see visions, or um, to make ourselves a uh, into a, a kind of wonderfully glorious, interesting, attractive person who can dazzle people at cocktail parties—but um, and these are probably not the main reasons why most of you are, are coming to um, these classes and to, to listen to these teachings it's but there can be a, a huge variety of you know we, we sort of see the word meditation in books and magazines we hear it talked about discussed on Oprah Winfrey on the on the TV and so we can get you know all kinds of impressions about what it's um, what it's for what it's about how you do it and um, and so I thought just to clarify certainly from the Buddhist perspective um, and the tradition that, that I'm trained in that meditation is not really uh, about those kind of um, cosmic effects if you like it's um, certainly that there are experiences that people have or abilities that, that some people are, are said to have where they you know, do learn to um, concentrate the mind in such a way that they, that you know visions uh, arise or people able to um, read other people's minds and so forth. But my own teacher was was vehement in uh, in, um, uh, encouraging everyone to not be uh, interested in that kind of stuff, but really just to see meditation uh, in the way that the Buddha intended it to be used, which was to help us to uh, uh, develop qualities of peacefulness and clarity, to learn how to understand our own lives, and to learn how to live harmoniously with the world. So it's a lot more prosaic and a lot more practical, than um, some of the other motivations that might exist so really that's the intent behind um, uh, these classes and also what we mean when we mean by when we use the word meditation is this uh, blend of qualities of peacefulness and uh, and wisdom understanding that these are uh, the key uh, essential central elements of of the whole thing and uh, that we're really not aiming at any kind of um, special abilities or, or, or not making any promises that you know, after these six classes you'll be sort of more beautiful, uh, radiant, attractive, um, debt-free uh, individuals, but more that uh, we will perhaps understand our lives a little better, be able to live a little more in peace uh, with our days, get along with our families and those that we work with in a better way, and to uh, wake up to the, uh, the way life actually is, the whole uh, fundamental nature of life as it is uh, formed, as it takes shape uh, around us and within us, that there will be uh, an understanding and therefore a, a harmonization with uh, that life. So that's what we, we, uh, we really mean by meditation. Is what we're say, using the word to refer to. Also because um, this, this is uh, a kind of Mendocino sort of class. It's not uh, a uh, uh, everyone sign up at the beginning and pay your money and uh, and you, you better be there for the course of, of training um, kind of class. It's more you know, Mendocino, come as you are, uh, show up if you want to, um, freewheeling kind of a class, so that um, each of these sessions, the six sessions that we have, Uh, There's something of a a, a progression that's designed into them, the different themes that we'll we'll try to talk about as each class uh, takes shape. Um, uh, Should be one linking onto another in a fairly neat chain. But also, um, each class can stand on its own, ideally, so that uh, it's a a lesson in its own right. So if you have to miss a couple uh, along the way, then... um, you won't have, uh, uh, say, lost the you know the crucial piece. It's not like missing, sort of three chapters from a from a novel and and, and uh, losing the the plot entirely. Ideally, each of the individual sessions uh, stands alone and will bring its own own uh, lessons and in its own instruction and uh, its own helpful qualities. And that if you have to miss a few, then um, you can just certainly begin again where you where you left off and nothing. Uh, enormous will be lost. Besides, everything's being taped so that um, uh, things can be uh, picked up and then listened to later on, if you if you like to. Well, the the theme for this first class that we have is uh, posture and focus. And so, uh, obviously, the first class we want to deal with the, the fundamentals and the, the foundation. And so, you know, really, this el- the, these elements are talking about the uh, the main beginning point for meditation practice. And so that, um, as um, one might have got the impression, say, reading about meditation or hearing about it, um, thinking of it. That is something to do uh, simply with the mind I mean, you often see in you know, it nowadays more and more sort of adverts of people sitting um, when they're uh, there for selling Honda motor cars or or um, um, advertising a, um, a shift in lifestyle towards um, something more you know wholesome or, or noble you'll see people sitting uh, with their eyes closed, cross-legged, and so that that image is often got a, a, a um, uh, it's like a symbol for the for the meditation process. the you know, the, the cross-legged, uh, closed-eyed yogi. But oftentimes, when we think of meditation, we're thinking of it pretty much in terms of a, a mental activity, um, and so that it's a, a thing of the mind. And and yet, uh, any of you who have done any meditation before? Will, realize that, um, will have realized very quickly that as soon as you try to sit like the um, the, the woman in the adverts uh, uh, in that sort of upright, ever so attentive, beautifully balanced posture, that um, first of all, your te- legs might have taken a lot of persuading to get into anything like the position that, that she's in. And, uh, and also, once your legs are across and you're holding your body upright within a few minutes, you can find that there's a um, uh, a protest coming from from your knee joints, or from your back, or from your hip joints, and and it becomes very you know, apparent very quickly that uh, your your body is involved with the meditation, and it's not just something uh, relating to the to the mind. So this is not sort of accidental or an unfortunate um, circumstance, at least from uh, the traditional Buddhist perspective but we're seeing right from the very beginning that that uh, the training um, that meditation is involves both body and mind so when we talk about posture um, then it's not just referring to physical posture um, uh, but also to mental posture and when we talk about focus it's also involving involving both and so that um, what I'll address this evening is by way of the introductory part before we go along to the the guided meditation, is uh, this element of, uh, of, of posture uh, uh, as it relates both to, to body and to, to mind. Well, essentially what we, um, w- for both forms of posture, what we are, are looking towards is cultivating uh, a quality of, of balance, uh, a balance of two particular elements. And these, you can sort of summarize, or, or one way of, of, of uh, translating and referring to them, is out of uh, energy or alertness and relaxation, uh, calmness or peacefulness. So, um, say for example, for the meditation posture, um, we the reason why you, you know you see people uh, sitting in the, uh, in the pictures or statues, or in a Buddha image like, like we have here, and the Buddha sitting cross-legged um, back upright, is that um, this has been found to be you know, one of the ideal ways to uh, help uh, develop these qualities of, of calmness and uh, wisdom and attention and uh, you know, a balance of these qualities of, of, of energy and relaxation. So that um, what we find is that the uh, um, when we... A look at the body, and uh, and the mind, but you know if we are uh, say too energized, if we you know if we are very charged up, we're very excited. The mind is very um, say uh, revved up because of some particular reason. It's very excited, or very interested, very um, uh, alert. Uh, it's usually because of Something that is is frightening, you know, or something that is exciting, something that is is uh, irritating. So that usually that quality of arousal or attentiveness, alertness, it's brought about by um, some kind of uh, emotionally charged stimulus. Uh, and so that um, we uh, we tend to look upon, um, say, being energetic, you know, with the mind being alert and, and, and energized. Or the, you know, as being something that has an emotional charge to it, and in relaxation we tend to look upon as being where we're sort of flopped in our armchair and it's a sort of a lazy Sunday afternoon, and we're um, got our feet up and and um, maybe you know there's some sort of music playing in the background or a TV going off in the distance. You're not really paying attention. The mind is sort of dozing and drifting, and we're completely relaxed, or out on the beach, and and. Um, uh, there's a, 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 an almost intrinsic um, implication of sort of being half conscious, or being not quite with it, or being half asleep. That's how we relax, is we, we can switch off. So, um, from, the, from the Buddhist perspective, um, what we're trying to do is uh, find uh, that quality of, of being, that quality of mind and body where um, these elements of, of relaxation and, and energy are more in balance with each other. Now It's, a, um, it's something that, um, that is, say, a, a principle of, of Buddhism, or what you find when you investigate, when you look at your, your mind, when we, we uh, learn to tr- calm the mind and look into its nature deeply, and the mind becomes more and more clear and more and more peaceful and uh, the attention is attuned to the reality of the present much more acutely say as so you know briefly the, the the more and more clearly we see the way things are the more we recognize that the fundamental nature of mind is intrinsically both completely awake and completely peaceful simultaneously the two do not uh, occlude each other and they are um, qualities that can exist simultaneously. So it kind of goes against our, our common sense in some ways, or, or our sort of maybe our habitual experience. Either you're alert or you're relaxed. You know, you've got to be one or the other. But the the fact is that when we we look at the mind's true nature, we look very very closely and and uh, hold the attention on the on the the, uh, the real fundamental nature of mind at the bottom. When we when we look. Lo and behold, what we experience is the fact that, wow, here the mind is both completely alert, utterly attentive, wide awake, not sleepy in the slightest, but yet completely peaceful. Wow, look at that. Um, Now, at the moment, obviously, you know, people are just coming off the street, and some of you are totally new to meditation, totally new to Buddhism, so that I I just put this out there, um, you know, as something of a of article of faith or a suggestion that that's what some people have found um, so you know you don't have to, to believe anything that I say you know but this whole spirit of these classes is for people to take what is said and experiment and and find out for themselves but to um, uh, to take it for the time being as a sort of working hypothesis okay well maybe if that's the case okay, let's, uh, let's put that in as a possibility and then and then work from there so I'm not sort of requiring you to believe this. We just okay, take this suggestion and, and uh, let's sort of hold that in place for the time being. So that um, when we are looking at, towards the physical posture, um, then in a in, in maybe it's easier to sort of grasp that principle or feel that principle being uh, valid or, uh, on a physical level because we find the same thing exactly pertains. So that uh, many of you here are yoga students of uh, Yoga the students of uh, Mary Pafford, Maggie, and the others, and so I've done some hatha yoga, and so you already have something of a of a natural sense for what I, I'm, I'm talking about here, because um, what we find when we say uh, cross our legs, close our eyes, and bring attention into the into the body is that we we find there is also that way where we can hold the body in an upright way. You know, the spine is held quite straight, um, you know, the, uh, so that there's a sort of upright, kind of dignified quality to the to the posture. The the, um, uh, the base of the spine is pulled in slightly. The chest is opened up a little. Uh, the eyes are gently closed, There's an energeticness. But we're not you know, we're not holding the back sort of rigid and poker like. Uh, you know, so if we've got a, a bolt of electricity going up through us, or we're uh, just being dunked into icy water, so that we're sort of rigid and tense, there's an uprightness. But yet, um, within that uprightness, within that, that uh, kind of stretching of the posture, like with any yoga pose, you know, when you, you put the, the the body goes into the pose, and then you find that once you sort of assume that sort of pose through a, a sort of a decision or, or muscular effort. Then once the pose is there, almost like a kind of uh, a sculptor's mould, you know that uh, uh, you then can relax within that, almost like the um, uh, that posture, that pose being the the framework, and then within that, um, then we can be the, we find that we can soften the body. So kind of the opposite way that you would have for a, a, say a, a potter pouring in the um, the wet. Plaster of Paris into the into the mould, and then it going hard. It's kind of the opposite way. We start out with the, the contents hard, and then uh, uh, we uh, we relax within that, so that we find that there can be uh, an extraordinary sort of softness and ease within the body, even though uh, it's uh, held in this kind of firm and steady upright posture. So that there's um, these elements of of energy and and relaxation, that can we find balance with each other? And if we if we try and figure it out with our brain, then maybe we can't uh, understand it or it doesn't make sense. But then if we feel it with our body, we can we can recognize. Oh yeah, there's a kind of a way that yeah I am wide awake. The body is 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 alert, is energized. But oh yeah, I can relax, and it doesn't mean then to relax the posture, or relax within the posture means that I sort of flop over, my spine bends, you know my Mike and noses on the carpet, and I crumple into a heap. It's like, oh no, there's a there's a way that the the framework of the posture can sustain itself, and then within that there's a there's a as an ease, a, a relaxation and a softening. Oh, look at that. So again, in the spirit of these classes, what we're aiming to do is to simply have a. Um, a set of suggestions we put out there, and and uh, we'll have a, a period of guided meditation shortly where people can experiment with this for 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 themselves. And you can see for yourselves how how this works, but also just uh, to see, uh, you know, intuitively, does that feel right? Does that? Do you have some experience of that? Does that ring any any bells? And so you can probably uh, recognise, oh yeah, that's true. You know, you can kind of be both you know, alert and and, and awake. But yet at ease. Oh yeah, right. I can feel that. And and then as we begin to sort of discover that quality in the body, then maybe that also helps to lead us into discovering that and establishing that in relationship to the mind. Because what uh, we do, we, you know, with with meditation, in a way, we start out in sort of slightly forced or. Um, um, contrived ways, you know, we we think about meditation, or we we kind of decide to put the body into a posture, uh, or we uh, are trying to be concentrated, or trying to be peaceful, and um, but yet it's also important to understand that y- you're not trying to sort of create some kind of unnatural state. That really what we're doing is we're bringing these outer aspects of our life, say you know our our, our body and. Um, our know, the, the superficial mind. We're trying to bring those into alignment with what is our our fundamental nature, so that um, it's not trying to say become make the make the essence of the the, the mind become peaceful or become alert. It's like that's say again from the Buddhist perspective. Say that's already the case. It is already utterly peaceful, utterly pure, utterly awake. And we're simply trying to bring the external conditions into alignment with that fundamental true true reality of our of our nature that it's always been that way that's always been awake and alert and peaceful uh, and and wise and uh, and kind but yet that those qualities get occluded get covered over and obscured by the, the flow of our days and our activities and uh, waking and sleeping and uh, engaging with others and and uh, All the ten thousand things that that we do, but so this is the basic um, principle that we're we're looking at in meditation. Is we're not trying to create something special. We're not trying to get to a special state, but in a way, uncovering what's always been here, what is always here. And and again, I don't ask people just to sort of take this on on faith, but maybe this is something that during the course of these classes we can discover for ourselves that indeed that. when we when we look and see, when we, we search within ourselves, and we the, the meditation enables us to to calm down, focus the attention on the present. This is what we discover that you know over and over again. We look and see. oh look, you know, there's this quality of uh, of of peace and of clarity here within the heart you know, that, that's underlying everything. That's always was uh, always present. It's the uh, and by seeing that over and over again, then the the faith. In that, in that reality, arises on its own. You don't have to have me or somebody else convincing you. It's the the fact that oh yeah, look, I see for myself. Whenever the mind is is not caught up in in um, wondering about the future, recreating the past, planning you know the shopping list, or or, um, or, um, or reworking my plans for the next holiday. When I, I pay attention to the moment and and uh, yeah, relax. And uh, see clearly, what's here is peacefulness, purity, wakefulness. And a kind of bright, radiant quality to the heart. Oh, look, there it is. So that just through the evidence of our own experience, slowly and slowly and slowly uh, seeping through, trickling through the whole system until finally we we begin to see and trust that for ourselves. Oh yeah, underneath this all, uh, there is this pure, radiant, peaceful, quality so one of the um, uh, other things in terms of of posture um, and particularly to do with mental posture is the the attitude with which we we try to work with the mind and uh, the um, Again, those of you who've done any uh, small amounts of meditation or large amounts of meditation up from now will know that it's very easy because um, you know, the idea of peace and, and clarity might be deeply attractive. Oh, it would be great to just get my mind to sort of slow down and shut up and, and be peaceful. That would be marvellous. I could do with some serenity in my life. But then when we do, then we find that the mind is chattering away and kind of proliferating about this, that and the other, and recreating the past, planning the future, opinionating about everything else. And so that uh, it can easily fall um, fall out that we uh, start to create a, a, a war with our own mind, that um, there's me, the meditator, trying to, to um, be peaceful, and then there's this sort of chattering maniac that just won't shut up, that keeps commentating about everything. And so that um, we, uh, we can develop unconsciously this sort of combative, uh, attitude towards our mind, that the thinking mind and our stray emotions and reactivity becomes the enemy and so that we're trying to um, make the, that, um, the mind shut up and behave and, and uh, we can unconsciously drift into a very sort of draconian or authoritarian or sort of fascist uh, mentality towards our, our own mind. So maybe we are sort of uh, a card-carrying eco-friendly you know, Mendocino resident, uh, you know, a uh, paid-up um, pacifist and uh, tree hugger, uh, like like most of us you know, here in this county, um, and yet, uh, you know, ever so dedicated to harm, you know, harmlessness and, and peacefulness and, and kindness uh, on this uh, on the sort of social and, and political level. But then, when we come to dealing with our own minds, then you know, out come the you know, comes the six and the and the jackboots and the and the kind of um, repression program. And so I'm kind of elaborating, or exaggerating this a bit, but I think probably most of us know what what, what I mean. That it, we can get very uh, contentious, and um, and meditation can therefore become very stressful. You know, we we thought, well, I was quite peaceful before I tried to tried to meditate, and now there's this whole kind of battle going on. So it's very important um, when setting out to, to try and, and calm the mind, to bring attention to the present, to to develop um, these qualities of uh, relaxation and focus and energy, that we are working with the, the, our mind and our body in a very collaborative way. That we're, we're not um, uh, setting them up as that which we're sort of trying to force to to behave as we choose. So any of you who have had children, or, or work with children, or you, te- you teach in schools, or or you work with animals. You know, I grew up on a farm, riding horses, and so um, you know that if you try and force or, uh, a pony or a horse to behave, to do what you wanted to do, you're pretty much bound to end up on the floor very quickly. Or you know, anyone who's you know, trying to bring up children or teach children, that uh, or train you know a dog or a cat. You know, as soon as you get kind of um, forceful and and um, belligerent and um, kind of domineering. That pretty soon it ends up in a very stressful state. There's tears very quickly, and um, as a you know a tense and painful relationship develops, everybody loses. In short, you might get some obedience. You might get some kind of uh, you force some control or some um, the the. The child or the dog or the horse or whatever to, to sort of do what you want for a little while, there's a certain begrudging compliance. But then as soon as your back's turned or as soon as there's an opportunity then they'll, they'll totally go against you and, and the system will crack. And anyway you know, you're know, you feeling uh, miserable and they're feeling miserable because of the tension that's being created through the aggressive interchange. So, yeah, and as probably most of you who uh, have done this kind of thing have realized that but there's a big difference when we work collaboratively, when you are collaborating with your children to, to help them to you know, use the, the potty or to, to um, learn how to, to write or to follow the rules of the house to clean up after themselves. If it. Or with an animal, you work with its tendencies um, and you guide it, you train it with, with love. Well, you, you certainly use persistence and strength. But you, you're coming from a place of, of basic affection and love and, and cooperation. You're, you're coming from a quality of, of kindness and not just force. Because within Buddhism, um, it's a, a, a very, such a standard principle that the way that we do things um, is unified completely with the result that we get, that the means... Uh, and the end are unified, so that if you use a, a, a you know a forceful or violent, aggressive, um, uh, kind of domineering means, then you're going to get a, a painful, stressful um, uh, end. It's necessarily the case: the the the, the cause and the effect are, are tied to each other. So when we work with the mind, certainly we work with effort, with energy, with persistence, but uh, we're working like with. The, the grain of the mind. We're working you know, with uh, the, the kind of uh, qualities that are there from a fundamentally uh, affectionate and collaborative uh, attitude, that the mind is, uh, is our friend and not just the, the opponent that has to be sort of beaten into, into submission. Now the... Um, in terms of, of meditation techniques, then, uh, and I talked a little bit about posture, That um, so the basic meditation posture that we tend to use is um, sitting with the, uh, the body upright, uh, whether you're on a chair or stool or sitting cross-legged or kneeling. Whatever way is um, you want to is convenient. You have people whose knees don't comply with the idea of, of going cross-legged. fine. Sitting on a chair is fine. Sitting on a stool is fine. The main thing is to... Um, to be finding a posture where you can sit still for say, a half hour or so and the main thing is uh, to be attentive to is the spine being straight so if you are in a chair then don't lean against the, the back of the chair but try and hold your body upright um, and to um, use the, the we use the, the spine uh, uh, the, as the um, kind of centerpiece of the the, the sitting posture that that's sort of the main focus of attention so that um, in like the axis of our world in the sitting meditation. It's sort of the, the um, uh, say the, the the central element about around which all the rest uh, revolves or is 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 arranged. So that um, when we are um, are going to to start a period of meditation, then the first thing to do is sit ourselves down and then just bring the attention into the body and you know, feeling the the uh, how the body is holding itself. You know, And as we'll do in the guided meditation, just gently steer the body from the place where it's starting from, whether it's tension or heaviness or, or whatever, towards um, this you know, quality of, of uprightness and then an inner relaxation. And so then, um, once we've uh, spent a little bit of time Focusing on the body, and and usually, as I'll describe, uh, we start by sweeping the attention through the body from the from the top of the head down to the feet and back up a few times, just to get acquainted with what the body is feeling. You know, what do, what do we bring into the room when we arrive? What sort of mood um, is the body, and what kind of posture is it holding? So, starting with that raw material, then we uh, use the, the loving attention of uh, the meditation to help guide the, the body to, from that sort of raw material of how it's starting out towards this more um, uh, refined, balanced, harmonious quality of the sort of upright posture where there is uh, energy and, and relaxation uh, combined in harmoniously with each other. Just as like, say, with, a, with a, you know, training a, 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 a puppy to, to go and outdoors rather than inside or training a child to how to to, to write um, you know you take the raw material of the the, you know, the child and their hand and the paper and the, and the crayon and then you just gently show how it's done and then uh, with that gentle patience and application then uh, the uh, we slowly train the body starting with that from that sort of raw unformed um, state to uh, something that's more beneficial for for uh, all of us, you know, the, the, for the um, for the body, for the mind, for for um, you know, the 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 child in the example. So um, the uh, there are many different ways of, of training the, the the mind to uh, to focus. The the one of the as I said many times so far this evening, the main point of of uh, meditation is. Uh, Training our attention to uh, focus on the present moment, we uh, we kind of miss the fact sometimes that you know, reality only happens here and now. You know, that reality is only happening here in the present. You know, the past is a memory, the future is an unknown. But you know, here in the present is where life actually happens. But if we are sending our attention off into imaginary pasts and the imaginary future, then we're we're missing a lot of our life. So. Meditation is a lot about being here for our own life, and so there are many meditation techniques that, uh, most of them, in some way, shape, or form, employ a, a training of bringing the attention to the present moment. And so there's there's many, many ways that we can we can use uh, to bring that about. What we would call in our Buddhist jargon, meditation objects. So. Um, there are things that you can do. You can repeat a word like a mantra. Uh, you can um, say visualize an image. Some people, you know, have good visualization abilities, so they would bring up a particular, like a coloured light or a shape, or um, or sometimes we can uh, use a physical feelings. Some there's meditations you can do just. Um, Following that uh, practice, which is what I was describing, uh, sweeping the attention through the body for the whole half-hour period, just using the the, f- the sensations uh, through the body as um, a, uh, a focal point. But so uh, probably the most uh, commonly used and accessible and um, uh, helpful focus of meditation practice, meditation object, uh, is just the simple rhythm of our own breath. That. Uh, um, there's there's no one here who doesn't breathe. You know, we are all a, uh, we're all breathing people, and some of us might breathe more easily than others. But all of us are breathing. Otherwise, we wouldn't be here. So the uh, the point um, of a meditation object being to help bring attention to the present in you know, that having something that is is always here, inarguably, uh, invariably here, is helpful. So say if you have to remember a word, or you have know, to bring that up, you have to create it, um, we have to conjure up a, a light or something, and it's something that has to be generated. But the life of our own body generates the breath itself, so it's not something that we have to create. Also, it's not something that is attention-grabbing, you know, it's not like if we all brought sort of uh, you know, copies of everyone's favorite magazines or, or um, favorite you know, gripping spy novels, that, uh, yeah, yeah, we'd be attentive. But um, the, the attention will be a bit uh, sort of scattered through the you know the, the images and the, the plot and the, and the turning of the pages. And so there's uh, yeah, it can make us attentive to to what we're doing or, or what we're, what's going on, but it's a, an attention that is not very peaceful. It doesn't conduce to peacefulness. So another of the reasons why the breath is helpful is because, it's a simple object, it's calming, and it doesn't grab our attention. So in a way we we have to make effort, As a little bit of effort that we, we need to make in order to attend to the breath. It doesn't leap up and grab us like a, an advertisement or a, uh, a, an interesting novel or some compelling music. Uh, it, it, uh, it requires us to rouse uh, the heart to, to attend because it's, it's not very gripping. You know, if you imagine a TV program that was just um, somebody breathing, it's kind of like one of those Andy Warhol movies of uh, you know, somebody sleeping for eight hours. Yeah, it's a certain kind of audience. It's appealing, but to, to most people it's like, well, yeah, okay, you know, first hour of the guy sleeping, it's uh, that's it. You know, what else is there to watch? So similarly, if we, um, uh, we we look at the breath, we might think, well, that's not very interesting. Uh, it doesn't grab our attention. But we find that um, just that, the result of making that effort to attend to the simple, to the normal, to the familiar, to the peaceful, that serves us very, very well in helping to cultivate that uh, quality of of acute attention to the present moment in, in ordinary everyday things. So it means that when we train ourselves to attend to the, to the peaceful, to the tranquil, that we are in a way, steering away from that habit that we have of, of only really being attentive when we're frightened or excited or stimulated or lustful or, or full of irritation. That if it's not exciting and interesting, then we just sort of drift off into our own imagination and, and conjure up other dream worlds. So that um, by focusing on the breath, what we're doing is um, bringing that... Uh, Blend of of ever presence and simplicity and peacefulness uh, into our attention. Just using that uh, simple natural feeling to be uh, a focal point, just to say something to to be an anchor for our attention. And then when um, uh, the the mind begins to to settle on the breath, when there's a, a more of a uh, a focus you know that there's a a, a say a, a settling then we can be a little less you know forced or rigid about it but in the beginning there has to be a like a picking up of the attention sort of placing it on the breath a kind of decision that we make okay for this half hour um you know after i've got my body settled and that the, you know, the posture is well established okay from now on it's going to be my intention to focus on the breath now it's also you know there's, there's different in certainly like in in yoga there, uh, Hafa yoga and then it's attendant practices there are things like pranayama where you you change the breath you alter the breath in very uh, particular ways and uh, and so and also some kinds of meditation or relaxation techniques that might talk talk about breathing very deeply or very slowly or changing the breath in different ways or, or hyperventilating connecting the breath together and so um, there are all kinds of different things that we can do with the breath. Or there's also all sorts of symbolism that we can read into the breath. You know, like some traditions or you know, scriptures, you might uh, read about the breath being kind of the rhythm of the universe, or it's like the, the cosmic wave of uh, of our own prana. Um, but say from the Buddhist perspective of Buddhist meditation, we're not looking at the sort of cosmic um, symbolic uh, aspects of the breath, or not trying to sort of bring about any sort of energetic effects with the breath. We're simply taking the natural rhythm of our breath as it happens to flow, whether it's short or long, deep or shallow, um, uh, whether it's uh, a fluid rhythm or whether it changes uh, over and over. Well, however the breath happens to come, that's how we are um, taking it. That's how we we use it, we just stay with it like that. And then let that that, that, uh, rhythm, that feeling. Of all the different feelings of the body, we narrow the attention down to focus on that simple cluster of feelings, which is the breath, and then um, let the attention settle there. So then, again, we'll go through this in the guided meditation and over these classes, but just to give a bit of an outline of how it works. So the mind can be very agitated, the mind can be be quite peaceful or calm down quite quickly. Um, There's no controlling that, there's no sort of... um, hard and fast rule. You know, people vary, situations vary, moods vary. But uh, with practice and with time, usually what people find is that the more that we train the attention to settle with the breath, then uh, sure enough, um, the uh, that becomes more and more easy to do. Once you sort of try to make the effort to, to, to develop a skill, then you know, surely the... Uh, the, just the application and um, persistence, the, the repetitiveness with which we sort of pick that up and try and teach ourselves it, then it slowly sinks in and we begin to train the heart to be attentive more and more clearly just to the natural flow of the breath. And so that we find that after some time the attention can stay with the breath without wandering off into, into thought or distraction too much. And so that we are able to just stay with the attention resting, focused on the breathing. When it does race off, again, sort of reiterating the whole quality about not being you know, a kind of fascist meditator, when the mind does run off and, and uh, chase after a stray thought, or we hear a noise in the street, or something that irritates, then instead of, uh, of getting uh, sort of frustrated or, or, or complaining or or um, following that feeling of irritation, you say, oh, okay, well, I've wandered off. I'm, thinking about that car noise, or wondering about the dog across the valley. Okay, so be it, let go. And then with great gentleness and great patience, whatever it is the mind has grabbed hold of, the plan for next week or the memory of the holiday, you know, argument with our child, just let go and then come back to the feeling of the breath again. So there's a kind of uh, a realization that we've lost it, a kind of forgiveness um, and a readiness to begin again. And it's no matter how many times we lose it, the present moment never gives up on us. It's the ultimate faithful companion, that no matter how many times we wander off, it's always here for us to come back to. And so that uh, we we wake up, let go, come back to the present. And so that more and more, uh, uh, as time goes by, we are able to uh, keep the attention steadily with uh, the breath as it comes. And then um, we find that uh, the mind will actually stay in the present moment, without having to focus on the breath at all, that the breath is there, but the mind has sort of given up its wandering, and it's quite happy to be alert, open, attentive, and and accepting of the present. And this is where um, the focus then becomes not just on the breath, because this has really just been something we've used as an anchor to bring attention to the present. Um, But the point is not just to become a sort of expert breather or or to, to become someone who's kind of totally obsessed with the breath, but the point is just to train the attention to be with the present. And that when we find the mind rests easily with the present, we can let go of the breath as a particular object. And then the focus becomes that of the whole of the present moment. So there's like an open-hearted awareness of whatever is arising in the present moment. And so in the in the sphere of meditation, then we say that the feelings of the body, the sounds that we hear around the room, um, different thoughts or feelings, emotions that might arise. And then the training that we use is just to let them come, let them take their shape, do their thing, and then they dissolve, they fade away. So uh, this, is, uh, this dimension of meditation is what we call Vipassana, or insight meditation, because in this, um, what we're beginning to do is to uh, simply train the heart to be aware, uh, to have insight into the fundamental nature of all experience, so that we begin to see that in every moment there's an arising, an appearance, uh, an abiding, and a disappearance of sight, sound, smell, taste, touch, thought, feeling, emotion, and that there's uh, uh, an ongoing flow of all these different dimensions of life. They come, they do their thing, they change. But yet, uh, within all of that, uh, around all of that, there can, uh, there can be this quality of all-embracing awareness, this quality of knowing that is attentive to that, attuned to what's going on, but is not reactive to it, is not caught up in it. We, we are able to see clearly what's going on, and so be able to understand more and more fully how the heart gets entangled in the, the liked, the disliked, uh, the wanted, the unwanted, um, the pleasant, the painful, uh, the beautiful, the ugly uh, ideas of past and future self and other, we begin to see how solid we 've made those, and we 're training the heart to to uh, start to to let go, to not get entangled and identified with those qualities in the same way uh, as we, we habitually do. so this is why we say insight because it's, it, it, we're seeing that uh, we're um, continually fooled, habitually fooled by uh, aspects of our, of our world around us, or the, the feelings within us, or the way we perceive ourselves and others, and that when we, we look closely, when we use the meditation to, say, be very still and attend uh, very clearly and closely to, to what experience is, and begin to see, oh, look at that, it's not that this is just something that's changing, it's just something that's fluid. Uh, why should I bother chasing after that? That can't really satisfy me. Or why should I be um, so uh, irritated by that? It's just a feeling. I don't have to make anything out of it. Aha. So that the heart becomes more and more at ease, more and more, uh, uh, say, unrattled by um, the uh, the flow of experience of life. And we become unreactive. But we become We're unreactive, but we're not... We're not numb. We what we actually do is we become more responsive. So the lessons that we learn within the meditation of this, uh, in this way then transfer into our everyday life, so that we begin to to be able to respond. So that when we uh, when we are attuned to life a little bit better in this way, we find that and when there's something to do, then we do it. If there's nothing to do, then we can hold back. We're not just sort of reacting blindly to. Uh, Something is attractive, so we go and grab it. Something is irritating, so we uh, oppose it, get rid of it. But we're much more uh, aware of our own uh, uh, habitual feelings and then seeing what leads to benefit for ourselves and others and what leads to to harm for ourselves and others. So obviously in the process of meditation, when you you deliberately let go of the breath and you try to to simply practice this quality of, of insight, then uh, it's like being in a boat. You pull up your anchor and you think you know, there's not much of a current, and you think there isn't too, the, too much of a tide, um, but maybe there is actually more pull on the boat than you realize. So you pull up the anchor, and then suddenly you find yourself drifting towards the reef. So like, OK, you better put the anchor down again before we pile up. So in that, in that case, what, uh, what this means with the meditation is that we maybe let go of the breath and just try to allow the heart to be open to the flow of experience, but then we pretty much uh, we find pretty soon that we're we're being swept up and caught into something that we initially were just sort of trying to watch that flow of thought. But then before we realise it, whoop, You know we're we're carried away and born into it, swept away. So uh, when we find that happening, then we simply just pick up the breath again, go back to the posture, see how we're holding the body. Are we slumped over? Are we are we tensed up? Um, bring uh, that quality of, uh, of balance back into the posture, paying attention to the posture, letting the power of attention itself help to bring about that realignment, focus on the breath again to help bring the attention back to the present and to, to calm uh, everything down a little, be more focused and attentive. And then when that those qualities of, of, uh, of stability in the posture and focus of the attention are re-established um, with uh, in the present moment and you feel that, that that stability is is firm then again you can let go of the breath and allow the, the whole uh, mind feel the heart to be open to uh, to the flow of experience as it comes so that we're gently nudging towards uh, this uh, training uh, training of the heart to be simply open to the present moment uh, alert and aware, of the whole flow of, of experience arising, taking shape, and, taking shape and, and ceasing without any kind of particular bias. But we're also we're not being too idealistic and thinking, oh, I should be like that, or I want to be like that, or I am like that, and negating the, sort of neglecting the fact that we're actually kind of caught up and drifting all over the place, and the mind is kind of chattering, chattering vigorously, and uh, you know, there's no real meditation going on at all. It's just um, what they call think. And uh, the, the mind is sort of completely swept away in the whole uh, sort of morass of, of mental activity. So we have to learn from what, what's going on. We have to judge for ourselves and uh, and see and, and adjust the meditation as we as we need so that only we can tell, we have to realize for ourselves what the right thing to do is and, and make those kind of adjustments. But uh, we were slowly uh, going. Uh, the, the the direction that we we take and that we set is is going towards this uh, quality of of uh, balance of uh, attention to the present of uh, a non-grasping openness not grasping anything not rejecting anything so the heart is attuned to the here and now so that's plenty by way of a, of an introduction uh, far more than uh, Uh, maybe is really necessary, but we'll have a little bit of a a break now, and then we'll have a period for guided meditation practice. So please uh, settle yourselves down and uh, finding a a posture that is comfortable to you, sitting on a chair, on a stool, cross-legged on the ground, cushion, however it might be, but uh, just finding a way that the body can be well balanced, steady, and uh, reasonably comfortable for about half an hour or so. And beginning, as I said, uh, by turning the attention inwards into the body and before trying to do anything with the body, just to take a moment, just to notice how we feel, how does the body feel, what's its mood, heavy, tense, light, hot, cold. free from pain, uncomfortable. Whatever it might be, just take a moment to to discern how the body feels. What are we carrying with us? There's no right or wrong way for the body to feel. It's just being acquainted with, getting to know where we're starting from, what's the raw material that we're working with. And first of all, bringing the attention to the spine, Just allow the body to straighten, not to be tense, rigid, tight, just like a a flower growing up, a tall redwood tree, reaching up from the forest floor, naturally, firm, strong, Growing upwards. It's feeling the body straighten and growing in this way. And just like a, a tree, it's like a tall tall redwood or douglas fir or any of these great trees that we have in the forests around us here. Just as it has its own central firm trunk and then the, the branches, the smaller and larger branches that are arrayed all around it with the leaves delicately arrayed at the ends of the twigs. Uh, Similarly, uh, we can uh, look upon the spine as like the trunk of our body and then just to let the the rest of the body relax around that, just like the the branches uh, hanging easily along the sides of the tree, the, the twigs and the leaves, the needles. So around this firm central column, we can just let the whole of the rest of the body relax and be at ease free from tension and starting with the feelings in the in the, the face and the, the head that's to... systematically sweep through the body and help support, and sustain this quality of of relaxation throughout our whole being. First of all, notice the feelings, the sensations in the face, the forehead, around the eyes. Is there any tension or tightness there? consciously that those muscles relax Feeling the sensations around the the mouth, the jaw. How does it feel there? Again, noticing if there's any kind of tension, tightness the jaw clenched and consciously let everything soften, let any tightness dissolve. We can begin to feel this wave of gentle relaxation flowing down through the body, just as if it was like from the top of the tree, down through all the branches and twigs and leaves, and needles, out to our very extremities, this quality of everything softening, relaxing, like a, a wave of, of gentle, warm light flowing down through the whole system. Down from the, the head and the face, down into the neck, to our shoulders. Consciously allowing them to, to drop a little, be free from tightness. Softening, loosening. As the muscles relax and soften, just notice how that feels. What's the mood? How is that affected? How does the heart feel as the the body loosens up and softens, melts? Following the, uh, this flow of relaxation down through our arms, shoulders, upper arms, elbows, all the way down to our, our wrists and hands, fingertips. Whatever tension or tightness, stiffness we might feel, just consciously letting everything loosen, soften, letting that tension dissolve, giving yourself permission to be at ease, not having to sustain any kind of anxiety. Coming now to the trunk of the body, feeling the sensations of the chest. Yeah. Letting that open up a little more, like a, as if uh, our, our heart area was like a, the bud of a flower, just letting the, the shoulders be drawn back a little, letting the chest be a bit more open. The bud slowly unfurling, bursting open, the flower blooming, allowing uh, ourselves to breathe a little more easily. Following this flow of relaxation from the chest down through the abdomen, solar plexus. Noticing how we often hold a, a knot, a ball of uh, tightness down in the, in the belly, in the solar plexus area. Our anxiety can live like this tangle of tension. Now consciously let yourself relax there. Let the belly loosen, spread. This is not the, the time for abs of steel. This, this is the abs of, of jelly. Just let everything loosen spread. Be at ease. Nothing to hold in. Nothing to, to tighten. And as we do, just consciously, again, notice the change, that the effect that has on the mood. When we allow the solar plexus to relax, what happens? the heart how do we feel attention then flow down from the abdomen, down to the pelvis, through the hip joints. Noticing any tightness, rigidity there. The thighs joining on to the, to the body. Letting the tendons loosen, soften. Letting the legs drop a little. And then feeling this wave of realization flowing down through our legs, thighs, knees, calves, all the way to our feet, our toes. Soaking down, spreading down through the whole body, every corner, every inch. Feeling the whole system be perfectly at ease, settled. Feeling the presence of the whole body, solid, calm, stable, easeful. For the next minute or two, you just allow the attention to sweep up and down through the body, here and there. And wherever you notice any kind of tension or tightness has reasserted itself. Maybe while we're relaxing our stomach, the eyes tightened up again, relaxing our knees and the shoulders snarled up. Just go back to those spots where you find any tension. Let the mind rest at that point. Let the power of that loving awareness just loosen the knots like a heat lamp. Stay with that area, let everything soften, relax. And then move on. So we're getting to know our whole body and training it, training it to to be guided towards balance towards ease towards relaxation The mind's tendency is to drift and wander. That's why we take the a simple object to train it to, to uh, attend to the present moment. So easily it gets caught, snagged by this or that, and swept away. So of all of the feelings of the body, we simply narrow the attention. We perceive the presence of the body here in the space of our awareness, and then of all those feelings of the body, we narrow the attention down. So within this great sphere of of awareness, we simply narrow the attention right down to focus on this little cluster of feeling, which is the rhythm of our breath. not trying to change the breath in any way, do anything special with it, just feeling the body breathing according to its own rhythm. Just let that, that simple pattern, that simple cluster of, of feelings be right here at the very center of attention. Like the pattern at the heart of a mandala, let the breath be right at the center of things. And for this period of time, just to make the resolution. Right now, I'm not interested in anything else, any great ideas, any plans, projects, worries, arguments, memories. All of that can be gently laid aside. Right now, what I'm interested in is the simple rhythm of my own breathing, All the rest can be picked up later, if need be. But right now, for these few minutes, just let the breath be the very center of attention. And simply follow the feelings, the in-breath and the out-breath, as they come and go, wherever you feel them most strongly, in the chest or the diaphragm, the nose tip, the throat. Letting that rhythm be what teaches us, what guides us. Let the attention settle upon that. Gently, firmly, easefully. It's quite natural for the attention to wander. The breath is a subtle, unexciting presence. But just use this as an a, a opportunity to practice kindness, patience. We fail, we lose it. The mind gets distracted carried away by a feeling in the body, some doubt, some plan, some conflict. Off it goes, writing its stories. So as soon as we notice that we've drifted off, the mind has grabbed hold of a passing thought. As soon as we notice, very patiently, very gently, let go. Let the out-breath, just carry that away. Use the natural, relaxing quality of the out breath. A sigh of relief. Just release it. No matter how urgent the issue, no matter how exciting the idea, no matter how indignant the emotion, as soon as we notice, just... Wrap it up in the uh, in the breath and release it, relinquish it, let it flow away. And then, with the next in breath, use the natural energizing, focusing quality of the in breath to begin again, to re-establish that quality of attention. So even the very texture the very qualities of the breath itself help to bring together these dimensions of, of energy, relaxation. These qualities are, are twinned right here, demonstrated, embodied in our, our breath itself. Existing side by side, just like the, the flexibility and, and firmness of a tree are firm and upright, strong. They also bend in the wind. They need both qualities. So when we lose it, just let go. Release whatever it is the mind has grabbed hold of. Come back to the breath. the inhalation is begin again start again criticism or punishment involve uh, for the wandering mind. Meditation in fact is, is more of a, a way of learning how to fail perfectly than how, how to lose it, to recognize that, to let go completely and to begin again. Nothing lost. No blame. Just glad to be back with the reality of of here and now. Over and over, simply training the heart to recognize that quality of distraction. Knowing it. Breathing out, releasing whatever it is the mind has grabbed, beginning again. if you find the mind is indeed settling and becoming more steady, resting more easily with the breath, if that's the case, then we can allow the breath just to be part of the whole array of, of feelings that we're experiencing in the present moment. So just as we... Uh, we're focusing on the narrowing the attention onto the breath within this whole vast field of awareness. Just stretch that horizon, let that expand out again. So that we're not being particular about the objects that arise in the present moment, what we're attending to. Just letting the whole moment be the object of attention whether it's a sound or a feeling in the body or an idea, feeling of the breath or the sound of my voice, whatever it might be. It's that the whole flow, the pattern of experience, crystallize into shape, do its thing, and dissolve. So there's a flowing of perceptions, but yet there's this quality of awareness, a heart resting in this aspect of knowing, this quality of knowing, and then as different things come up and change, appear, is to reflect. Oh, this is changing. This is not really me or mine. This is a, an image appearing in consciousness, a sound, an event thought. This is not really who and what I am. This doesn't really belong to me. It's just a an aspect of the the passing show. Being that quality of knowing, allowing it all to flow through. If the mind is too busy and tending to get caught up, then just stay with the breath, you know. If the currents are strong and the tide is pulling, then keep the anchor down. There's no... There's nothing inferior about responding appropriately to the conditions that we're experiencing. Similarly, if you try to let go of the breath and the mind is swept away, then again, you go back to the breath, put the anchor down, we're not steady enough yet. We have to judge for ourselves, but simply to be aware that if the mind is steady, the attention is stable, that we can just let the breath go into the whole flow of of experience, and let the, the the moment itself be the focus of attention, the whole moment, the heart embracing the whole thing, grasping nothing, rejecting nothing, receiving everything with, with affection, Letting it go with compassion, releasing it. please open your eyes and stretch your legs if you like and call the meditation to a close so you can see that uh, there are some many different aspects to meditation it's a, a very simple thing in some ways but the also be very involved, the mind can be very complicated. But also one of the important things in terms of attitude and the whole spirit with which we enter into meditation is that there's really no such thing as a good or a bad meditation. That sometimes, you know, if the mind goes very peaceful and still and bright, then we think, wow, that was a great meditation. We sit here and we're kind of writhing in agony and confused and angry and upset and just in a whole tangle. I mean a terrible meditation. But really there's no such thing because the point is learning from whatever we experience. And we can learn from painful, difficult experiences as well as we can learn from peaceful and bright and clear and beautiful ones. So really hold that in mind, you know, bear that uh, in, this in, uh, in mind when you're entering into meditation or when you're using it, that uh, just uh, being patient with the chaotic mind or just recognizing, wow. Sometimes the mind is like that. Hmm. There it goes. And even a crazy mind begins and ends. You know, those states come and go. So that we can develop wisdom, insight, even from the painful. Similarly, even if something is beautiful and delightful, we can turn it into a real problem by kind of parading it around or thinking that we've attained something and then even though it was in a way good and pure and beautiful in its beginning, we've turned it into this real headache and a kind of ego Seat. So, um, the point is to learn from whatever we experience, whether it's um, uh, what we like or we dislike, what sort of seems to be beautiful or ugly, everything will teach us if we let it. And that's really one of the main essences of uh, meditation. It's what we learn from it, is the point, not the particular states and things that we experience along the way. Another of the main um, Principles of, of Buddhism is that um, you know, nothing that is said is sort of to be uh, expected to be believed in or taken on as being true out of hand. But you know, the encouragement um, that the Buddha always gave was for people to take things and use things and uh, see if they work for themselves, and if they do work, if they bring benefit for us, and to um, to sustain their interest and, and uh, application of that if they don't work, or they, they don't have any meaning, or we find them to be wrong, then just to, to leave them aside. So it's in that spirit that um, you know, uh, I offer these particular reflections, and then all these classes in the same kind of uh, mode. So whatever is uh, helpful and beneficial from them, please take them and use them. Whatever is not beneficial, or you find it's kind of confusing or just um, useless, then uh, please just leave it aside. Okay.